Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Um, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Um, check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Uh, today, once again, uh, we're recording live from the floor of North America's biggest pop culture convention, and I have the great good fortune and pleasure <laughs> to be talking with Jeff Dell. Uh, you may have heard about properties like uh, Hard Boiled, Shaolin Cowboy, uh, and other properties. Um, uh, the Big Guy and Rusty, uh, we're here uh, at his booth in Artist Alley, and um, it's a great pleasure. I'm a big fan. It's a great pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for being on More to Come. Thank you. I see that I'm in front of a formidable liar. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll let the line continue. Um, uh, I first encountered your work as I was, you know, prepping you before this uh, with uh, with Hard Boiled, uh, the initiative with Frank Miller. Yes. Uh, I'm absolutely blown away from uh, your drawing, uh, <laughs> the carnage, um, the intensity of it, uh, the the comic bookness of it, uh, and the humor. Um, and uh, so it's really a pleasure to talk to you. I'd love to just give uh, our readers out there who may know a little bit about you but not a lot about you, uh, if you could talk a little bit about your background, how you came in, into comics. Uh, I know you've worked in animation. Uh, you have a, a background in European comics as well, as I understand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, great, great. Uh, we'd love to hear more. If you could just give us a, a sketch in of, of how you came to be, well, how you came to be Jeff Darrow. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Well, I was with my high still, school. Is this still fun? And we were visiting a science lab, and a radioactive pencil bit me. And and, oh, you're just like in the comic yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I I'd always wanted to draw comics. Uh-huh. Actually, the way I got into it professionally was... Where are you I, from originally? Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was working at Hanna-Barbera as a character designer, uh-huh. and um, mm-hmm. my idol was uh, Jean Giraud, known as Mobius. Oh, Sure. I'd heard was working at Disney on Tron, and uh, I managed to get a friend of mine get me a visit with him, and we went out cool. to dinner, and we became friends, and cool. he liked my artwork. He said, you should come to France, we'll do a project together. And so I went to France, and uh, that's where I got started in comics, uh, through Mobius, who also, uh, jumping ahead a little bit, introduced me to Frank Miller, where yeah. I knew who he was. Sure. But yeah. uh, Frank and I became friends. Yeah. And uh, yeah. if there, if I may remark, I've I've been fortunate enough to interview Frank Miller too. So yeah. I've, I've got I've yeah. got two on my bucket list done. Here. There you go. <laughs> and so and then Frank, you know, we became friends, and then eventually yeah. Frank said he'd like to work with me, and I was very fortunate. And uh-huh. and the, the result was a comic called Hard Boiled, and then we did the Big Guy. And, now, Hardboil, uh, is it does, is it still in print? I actually haven't seen it in yeah, years. Yeah, it's still yeah. in print. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when I first saw it, it was just it just blew me away. The, the detail in your art, uh, the color. I mean, everything was just on another scale. Um, I mean, how did you arrive at that style? I mean, it's just just well, over. I, just, I, I didn't really arrive at. I, I mm-hmm. well, from working with Mobius, one of the things that I got from him besides drawing a certain way and looking at things a certain way was to create a world mm. and a unique world and so I wanted to, that's what I wanted to do with Hardball. I wanted to make look like you wouldn't mistake that for anything in the Marvel or DC universe and or anything else <laughs> and so, yeah, so that if you know I always thought well if, if the 
the story got boring, you could also look at the backgrounds and yeah. there's always a lot mm -hmm. of stuff going on, a lot of yeah. backstory. I thought yes. and I find that interesting. Yeah. And a lot of detail that seems to add well, yeah, more that story. Adds, that adds character, I think. Yeah. Um, well, what the the next property that I really, or the next one of your works that really uh, blew me away was I I, uh, I I did a little story about uh, Burly Man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Shaolin Cowboy. Yeah. And uh, how Frankenstein. Yeah. Two things. I oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I'm not as familiar with that. Um, yeah. But once again, well, you should. It's, it's just came out. And, I'm going uh, ah, paperback. Doc Frankenstein. I will make sure that I do. Um, but I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the beginnings of Shaolin Cowboy. It's such uh, an unusual property. Uh, Kung Fu Buddhist. Ma kick-ass master in the old west or the new west it's hard to tell <laughs> well, I've always told this story because I mean Frank he said what are you working on I said I'm working I kind of want to do a western and I like westerns he said well whatever you do don't put the word cowboy in the title so I, I said oh yeah you're a contrarian so I, uh, I came up with, with that because I thought it was a funny name and uh, yeah. it was just I, I think everything is a western I see all uh -huh. modern mm. action pictures as a western mm. And uh, lone individual, yeah, like, that you know, know, comes into town, hacking his way through, and, yeah, and he does, and then he leaves, and yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of a Western aspect actually is in, in it, other than the uh, the backgrounds, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's just something. It was a vehicle where I thought I could just draw what I wanted to draw, and he's yeah. just like walking. He's just yeah. he's just kind of following through life, yeah. and things get in his way, and he goes through them, and he just goes out the other side, and then something else happens to him, and. And it's the things a, that happen to him, yeah, they're some, yeah. dynamic to say the least. Yeah, but they, <laughs> but they, uh, not a lot. A lot of time passes. <laughs> like the, the current one that I did is about fifteen minutes of time. There's just like a, a scene. Out this of is the, the the the, uh, yeah. the Dark Horse series, yeah. which I yeah. I was yeah. just reading. Um, uh, I, but, I always liked. I was like. I like a lot of films, but I always like the Robert Altman's films. Mm -hmm. Were just like it looked like he just started to film a story. Some people's lives just from Monday to Tuesday of yeah. a certain time. Uh -huh. There's no beginning, there's no middle, and a real end to his uh -huh. a lot of his, his later yeah. movies. And I always thought that was interesting. Um, I, I guess that another one of your influences, obviously, the cinema. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially Japanese cinema, uh -huh. and uh, uh, especially the cinema of the '60s. The uh, Zatoichi and uh, you know Blind Swordsman and the uh, Lone Wolf and Cub and uh, yeah. especially the Kurosawa, Yojimbo was a big, sure. big mm -hmm. um, and Chinese movies there you know the Kung Fu pictures. Uh, well, it's a yeah. it's a Kung Fu kind of deal going on in Shaolin Cowboy. Uh, now, as I understand it, um, Dark Horse is going to bring out some hardcover. Uh, yeah. Of and of uh, one of your early works is this uh, Bourbon Threat. Yeah, well, who is actually... Which I know Shaolin, nothing about, well, I would admit. the Shaolin Cowboy. I mean, it was a, yeah. it was a, it was a thing I, I did in France. Mm. And, uh, I mean, it's a little a little wackier even than uh, Shaolin Cowboy. Because it's right. really not very linear. Because <laughs> in Europe, you can do pretty much anything when, you, when you're drawn. Yeah, they're pretty There's good a, over there. They're open that. to almost any kind of uh, mm. comic experience. It's not like here where... You're not doing a superhero. It's yeah. a little rough, and I love superhero. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
mean, because I think he's a superhero anyway. Yeah. I, well, mean, he's, I mean, I drew the colors, yeah. are the Superman colors. Yeah. You've got the yellow, <laughs> the red, true. and the yeah, blue. Sure. And that's that was done on purpose. And what a great weapon, the double chainsaw. That was, a, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's a one of a kind. <laughs> um, I was like, every once in a while, people walk by and they don't go, what the, what the, what the hell is that? Why is that? So, well, I always was surprised that people kind of question that. Like, you know, a guy flying through the air, that, that doesn't bother that does, him. Yes, yes. That, that would never work. That yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the Kung Fu double chainsaw, that's like that's out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, that, that, there's no logic there. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit more also about uh, Big Guy and Rusty. and Because and, that, that was also an animated film. Yeah, it was yeah. an animated show. Mm-hmm. This is something that yeah. Frank and I, because I wanted to kind of do a, a character that's kind of a superhero. Mm-hmm. And I always like robots and, you know, guys in suits, yeah. like RoboCop, that sort of yeah. Iron Man, that sort of thing. And Frank said, oh, we can do something like that. And But he kind of learned his lesson on hard-boiled is sort of not write me a, a traditional script. <laughs> so he would just wrote a couple paragraphs, and I. So did you just not have it. a script with the? Not a script. Not, uh, well, yeah, I did, but uh, I would kind of go off on tangents and kind of made him crazy, because there were like whole pages in there that aren't in the script. because uh, I didn't know you weren't supposed to. Change well, there stuff. you go. Well, that's our benefit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and he was—I mean, he's really patient with me, yeah. and he—you'd he'd see him, and he'd be kind of, "What the heck is he yeah, doing?" Yeah, well. Why did he draw that weird stuff going on in the background? And then he would try to figure out why it was back there and work it into the story. Well. He was always kind of like chasing after me to sort of... Sounds like a happy problem. Yeah, it was. It was fun. <laughs> and like I say, he was extremely patient. I was really lucky to work with him. Well, I'm going to jump back just to Shaolin Cowboy because I have to admit, there, there, it, it, I mean, there's, there are scenes in that you know, of like relentless carnage that are absolutely, uh, you know, riveting. This. Uh, 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 saturated images of cars. Like, it's almost like a painting. Uh, like a, you know, uh, because the, the drawing is like gesture and line and color yeah. and, and then you're, and then you're like powerful, yeah, just comic bookness. Yeah. <laughs> comic book authority like lurching through all of it. I mean, what, what is your process? You just like start drawing and, and let it go or have you got it mapped out no, to I some didn't extent? No, I mapped out. I just kind of wanted to do a really long action sequence and it's like it was originally going to be like 10 pages then I, I sort of chuckled <laughs> to myself and I, thought, well, I wonder how long I can stretch this out and before people start saying what the heck is he doing you know, I, I wish this would end because <laughs> I thought it was funny no. and I did that I think I succeeded in people going when is this going to end <laughs> well, a, lot yeah. of the, some of the, a lot of the criticisms I get is oh there's no dialogue and it's action thing goes on and on and on and and that, that, well, that was kind of the point. Yeah. To make it so repetitive that it would. Well, yeah, well, it didn't, you know, it, it just keeps you going. I mean, well, <laughs> to I talk about Page Turner, yeah. without a doubt. And I also, weirdly enough, like the sort of obnoxious bros that show up in the story, too. Well, that was, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, but I think that's. Actually, that happened to me. Uh, oh, really? And, yeah, I was in uh, Los Angeles. With Steve Scross, who draws Dark Frankenstein, and we were going into a record store. And it was a, on a Friday night, and this card stops and, and yells out at us, "Hey, man, you're gay!" 
and that guy's your lover, and they're laughing. I think it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. And I, I and I look at her and said, "What?" And they said, "Yeah, you're gay, man." And they're laughing. I go, "Wow, you can tell that from there." He goes, yeah, yeah, you're gay, and he's your lover. And they think it's so funny. It's like you know, it's, it's like hilarious. kids are like six beers that they've had. Their Clearly, dad's yeah, car. yeah, yeah. And I was just, I thought that was so. That's. You know, for them, that was like the greatest insult they could throw at anybody. And they thought it was so funny. And they just made themselves so ridiculous and stupid. And, and I always remember, and I thought, no, I'm going I'm to put those guys in this comic. And they're going to seem like throwaway guys. And they actually kind of have more of an impact than you would expect. Ah, yeah. Well, they end up for some interesting uh, encounters after that. Which people don't understand. Yeah. And I, I thought that was the point of it, too. Was that you well, got... You're fighting all these sort of mindless creatures, and, and <laughs> yes, the mindless ones are a whole lot less dangerous than the supposedly living yeah. <laughs> ones with, with their senses intact. Well, the, the, the issues, uh, uh, the Dark Horse issues, all have this an interesting intro. Uh, that's the background, I guess well, it the is. First one does, yeah, yeah, the first one has it. So, which you know, I read most of. Oh, really? <laughs> I did, but it was kind of well, like I a know, mind trip. Well, I wanted it to be really. <laughs> really tiny because I didn't think uh, anybody would actually I was curious well, there you go. Could actually read it and, there you go. and I thought one dude did yeah well <laughs> I thought if anybody I thought when they get to the end of it they're going to say oh there's no dialogue and there's so much text at the beginning of the thing <laughs> there that, you go that, that, you put it all you front loaded yeah, it all the front loaded oh, this thing is going to be you know text yeah. heavy and it actually is yeah no it's like it's all it's eyeballing it the whole way um, well, look, you I know that was funny. How, how uh, are you? At, are you at ComCon every year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I started coming in like '81 or '82. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're in Artist Alley now. I, I guess well, you're. No, actually, yeah. we're not in Artist Alley. Oh, we're not. No, no, we're no. not. Okay, excuse me. Uh, I don't know. This is where are the exhibitors? Oh, excuse uh, me, <laughs> Exhibitors Alley. They wouldn't let me. They wouldn't <laughs> let me in Artist Alley. Oh. I'm really an art. I'm not really an artist. All right. Well, we're gonna. <laughs> I have no response to that, but. <laughs> But um, uh, well, you, you're here signing most of the time to- yeah, today. I mean, all yeah, all the time. Yeah. Except right now, yeah. talking except to you. Except we're talking to me. Yes. Well, you know, that's going to come to an end because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you off the hook now. Okay. Uh, and you're going to give me you. that big publisher's clearinghouse check. Yeah, right? That's coming. It's in the mail. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's coming in a gigantic I'm envelope. I'm sorry if my daughter was sitting here with me. If you know, because I I get that once I pass away, she gets the uh, five thousand a week. You right? get the yeah, absolutely. So, we'll uh, assign she, she's nice, the big I'm check gonna, to you. Are they going to give it to her <laughs> or there you? There you go. So look, I want to thank you from all the, the listeners of Publishing Clearinghouse. Well, thank you for for taking the time to talk. To it's me. a great pleasure. I'm a big fan of your work. So I say you're a formidable liar. Uh, okay, thanks much. Uh, I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. All right, right now, live from San Diego Comic-Con International, the uh, largest pop culture festival in North America. Uh, this time, we're, uh, we're, we're actually outside, in the back. If you've ever been uh, to the San Diego Convention Center, I mean, it's like a big, long spaceship set down next to a, a marina. But we're out back. Uh, it's a beautiful day. There's, there was a just finished a mass uh, photo shoot of cosplayers, about 150, 200 cosplayers of every variety. Um, so just to fill you in on the setting, but uh, actually what we're going to do is uh, um, we're talking today with uh, 
Terrence Irvins, the, the new graphic novel buyer at the Kunakunia Bookstore in New York, specifically. Uh, I mean, Kunakunia, if you don't know, is a, a, a really a worldwide books, yes. bookstore chain. Yes. Uh, obviously, originally Japanese. Yes. Uh, is, there was a store in, on the West Coast. I don't know. If, is that still the case? There's still a few stores on the West yeah. Coast. So yeah. we have How many are in America? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Actually, I should say welcome to, to More to Come. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, for having me here at More to Come. Um, <laughs> Basically, we have quite a few stores um, in the West Coast, especially in um, L.A., in mm-hmm. Japantown, San Francisco, which is one of our bigger stores, mm-hmm. um, Seattle, as well as in Costa Mesa. Um, pretty much at this point, we have locations in America, Singapore, Philippines, and our biggest store, of course, is Dubai. It's yeah. the biggest bookstore in the world. And so what we've been doing is pretty much reaching out to a lot of people who have an interest towards not only great customer service, but also involving themselves with not only Japanese books, but books of their own particular culture in that particular region. So, for example, in Dubai, not only can you buy books in Japanese, but books in English, but also, most importantly, books on, in Arabic as well. Yeah. Mm. So, well, one of the things uh, I wanted to talk to you about, of course, is, as I understand it, uh, Kunokuniya is going to sort of aggressively expand beyond manga. I mean, if you've ever been to Kunokuniya, you know that it's a it's a, a, a great place to look for manga. Um, a really enormous selection, uh, certainly in New York. I would imagine that's everywhere. Uh, but uh, you, you've been brought in to do that, to expand into like, non-manga graphic novels and comics. So well, we'd love to know more about that. Well, yeah. Originally, I was brought in just to help out with sales on the floor. Um, uh-huh. But upon, my, my, upon perusing my resume in, in my interview process, it, it was known that I actually had some experience in retail for quite some time. Um, I had bookselling experience back into Barnes & Noble for the last 15 years or so past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but of recent, before Kinokonia, it was at Midtown Comics, mm-hmm. where I had the fortune of um, working as not only a salesperson at, our ti- at their Times Square location, but also as a store, um, assistant store manager at the Grand Central location. So, um, given the opportunity to have that much experience in dealing with customer service and bookselling, and then bringing that to, co- to a comic shop of the of the nature of Midtown Comics, which is a high-end quality comic shop, I learned a lot in the both worlds. How to actually approach things from a bookseller's point of view, but how to actually approach things from using my knowledge of being a lover of comics for the last 35 years. And um, once I was asked to, you know, to join Kinokonia, eventually they, were, they wanted to expand upon what they have for selection for graphic novels and comic books, but they wanted to do more. Uh, Kinokonia's plan is to always be competitive. Um, our plan is always to be competitive, but also to be customer-friendly. And so by doing that, we're being naturally competitive in itself. Um, our biggest thing has always been about selection. It's yeah. always been about selection. And that's what creates an authenticity for the customer's experience when they come into Kinokonia. So. Could you characterize for uh, our podcast listeners, like, the manga section, and then what maybe, what you envision, you know, down the road, uh well, for the section you're going to be heading up? Well, basically for, for the manga section, we've expanded since last March or so where we've had less of a selection of English translated manga, um, Japanese translated manga into English than we did of just what we had actually already imported. Um, that's been our bread and butter all the time. Um, that's what we're known for. That's what creates that original flair that customers come to expect without having to go someplace or order something online yeah. mm-hmm. while finding it at a, at a relatively cost-effective price for them to purchase it because that's the thing. Anybody can go to any place like, for example, 
um, we're going to be in Otakon in Maryland in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and any one of our competitors will be out there, but selling it at twice the amount for having it in, in as mm-hmm. an import. We don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. We sell it at a, at a great, reasonable rate, and um, customers love that we have that selection that you don't have to worry about trying to work hard to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our store in itself, um, we have a large selection still of manga, but we've expanded greatly with our English, um, with our translated manga as well. Do you, do you have a, can you give a sense of the number of titles or square oh, footage? Or, I, could, I couldn't tell you the number of titles. Square footage, I, I couldn't really tell you yeah. off the top of my head. But I would it's say... It's big. I know it's big. It's but. <laughs> quite big, and it's basically pretty much the entire range of what you can currently look yeah. for. That um, if you're, you know, for example, we carry most of the items that you will find out of Viz, mm-hmm. out of um, out of Yen Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, like, for example, the hottest thing right now is Sword Art Online. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, you can find a high selection, both in English and Japanese, yeah. mm-hmm. coming out of Kadansha for Attack on Titan, which is the biggest yeah. manga and anime right now in the world right mm-hmm. now. So, square footage, it will be, be too much to even figure out like how exactly in my head yeah, what okay. the mathematics are of course <laughs> okay, okay. but the selection that I was given to the, the section that I was given to actually put the graphic novel section into um, is, is yes is, is it a, is it a moderate, modicum amount of space that's actually not too big no but at the same time, though, what we've been able to use and work with, with carrying a great selection, has been amazing. Um, we have one side where we have two bookcases dedicated to Marvel Comics and two bookcases dedicated to DC Comics. And then the opposing side, um, on the other side of that, we have a great, great, great range of independent titles by known creators like Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, Cullen Bunn, Allison Bechdel. Um, of course, Brian K. Vaughan with Fiona. Yeah. On the staples, sure. But even Bill Willingham's fables, mm-hmm. you can find all of that stuff in that yeah. store because that comes from my own interest as being mm-hmm. someone who's loved comics, mm-hmm. who can be considered a geek, who can also be considered an otaku, yeah. okay. who's basically yeah. dabbled in everything because I have that love for all that stuff. And I was asked, "What can I do to make it seem richer?" Cool. And the ex- experience has been rewarding and rich in itself. And so. We're actually going to expand what we have in this selection by expanding what we have in, in, in with our bookcases further down the line. It won't be too soon, but it will be further down the line. But we'll also be doing more with events. Um, of recent, we had a great event with EssentialSequential.com, mm-hmm. um, which is um, set up by Jason Schechter, where he represents quite a numerous um, group of artists that are very known in the industry, like Klaus Janssen, for Sean Gordon Murphy, Amy Reeder, mm-hmm. Andrew Robinson. All the names you can think of sure. that are very big and, and New York Times best-selling creators. And we had Sean Murphy, Amy Reader, and Klaus Hansen there to do a signing with us. And so far, it's been great. Terrific. So we've been even expand beyond graphic novels, carrying artist sketchbooks, cool. mm-hmm. um, illustrators' art books and sketchbooks, all that type of thing, because that's what's going to set us apart from everyone else mm-hmm. where they can say, look, I like this guy's work, and I see it online, and yet... I have to go order it somewhere, but I can't find it at my local comic shop. Mm-hmm. You can find it possibly at Kino Kunia. Yeah. And if you don't find it now, I can guarantee you that you'll actually find it down the line, too. Yeah. Great. Hey. Yeah. Uh, now, it, this is obviously happening in the New York store. Mm-hmm. We're going to see it to, to some extent at other Kino Um Right now, I couldn't say. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, okay. it can be something that can actually be you know emulated across the board. But mm-hmm. it's, we've never been set in stone how each store practices their own buying methods. Yeah. Um, it's just that basically we try to do something that can be looked upon as something that could be considered a model and then work further from there. To, to be frank, New York City actually has been kind of modeled after what's already been done in some fashion with Singapore and Dubai oh, because yeah. they have mm-hmm. a large selection of items. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 
embracing comics culture has been something that's going on more so with New York City. But, you know, if things keep going well as they are going right now, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of it going across the board in many of our other store locations, too. Sounds great. Uh, I, I, I've got, come to Kennecunia store many, many times. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a great place just to go and walk around. See, I like Pretty hearing amazing. that you ha- that you come in a lot of times. Oh so that's yeah, the thing, it, it, you know? no, it's an it really it is an awesome store. Mm. Um, well, so, but we're both here at Comic Con. What are you doing here at Comic Con? How do you use it? Uh, you know, professionally and maybe personally too. Well, it's not been personal. Uh-huh. I mean, it has been personal in the sense that it's it's always been an idea to come out here on my own to mm. actually see things. But have you been here before? No, this is my first. This is your Comic-Con. first, even, yeah. even more interesting. But but it's just, I, I love going to big events. Like, I went earlier this year to the Angolin Fest on ah, its 40th anniversary yeah. because right. it's my 40th, it was my 40th birthday. So it was cool. kind of, you know, a confluence of yes, events yes. that made it work, you know? <laughs> Perfect 40-40. Right, exactly. <laughs> and not at the club, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about it, though, is that, you know, my store thought that it would be good to get the experience out here to make connections mm-hmm. as I sure. could have made at New York Comic Con, but yet it seems to be a lot more that I can experience here. And it's been already a resounding success, I, I have to say. Met with a lot of publishers, a lot of art dealers, a lot of artists. Cool. Um, we're working towards doing something in the future where if plans are set in stone, we can be doing some big events coming down the line by making these connections with publishers and artists. Um, hopefully, especially around New York Comic Con week that's coming up around the mid-October. Um, a lot of people don't know about this, but there's going to be a Super Week involved. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that Super Week will entail at least around seven nights overall, including those nights in- involving the New York Comic Con proper nights at Javits Center. Mm-hmm. And Kino Kunio plans on being part of that. Um, we're going to be talking to a lot of publishers as far as like trying to get guests not only in the store, but hopefully we can try and get do something at the booth as well. Mm-hmm. But we'll have a presence Excellent. As far as New York Comic Con Super Week is concerned. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look, this is great. Uh, actually, thanks so much for giving us some time. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate you coming on More to Come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And, and, uh, and uh, hopefully I'll have more to come uh, having more conversations absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we will talk when we get back in New York for thank sure. You. All right. Definitely parks here. All right. Thanks All right. a lot. Thank you, Kevin.